1: Well, hello and welcome to TFM's local watering hole, and we are back in the ring. I am just one of your hosts here, Matthew Rushing, and with me, as she is every single week, Golden Gloves Morris. You know it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, well, um, I'm super excited tonight, and, you know, I'm sure people think, well, Matt, you say that pretty much every single week, Um, but this one is fun because... I actually haven't seen Creed 2 until the other night when my wife and I watched it. And uh, so I was really excited to be able to actually finally get a chance to watch this. And then, of course, uh, be ready for when Creed 3 comes out in March. So, really looking forward to that. And uh, before we dive in, as always, we're just so thankful for you joining us here on the Six Hundred Two Club. Uh, we do hope that you're enjoying the show. If you are, if you like the show, uh, you know, give us a star rating review over an Apple Podcast. Five stars really helps the show grow. It makes a huge difference, uh, and so we really appreciate that. You can also give us star ratings on Spotify, which is a great place to uh, get podcasts as well. Their podcast setup is actually beautiful i i I really like uh the way they do that and then uh make sure you're subscribed you'll get the show as soon as it drops with any podcatcher out there um and then of course uh, we would love it if you would interact with christy and i over on twitter at the 602 club we're on instagram at the 602 club tfm we always are trying to have a good time over there and entertain uh and of course just talk about all the things that are going on here on the show uh as well as in nerd news you can also find us with the entire network on Facebook at facebook.com slash track.fm. There's a listeners only discussion group you can join called the Babel Conference there. It's for listeners only. And uh, we'll ask you a few questions. We can let you in and then you can talk about all of the things happening here on the network with all the different shows. And we've got the website, of course, at track.fm that you can check out and see every single show that we're doing here. We've got a lot going on in the network. So we hope that you will join us there. Last but not least, uh, we would really appreciate it if you would help the network keep coming to you by going over to Patreon. It's patreon.com slash and become part of our team. Uh, Christy and I are doing our part to give back. We did a special bonus episode called The VIP Room. Now the VIP room's only something you can get if you're a Patreon mm-hmm. member. Uh so you have to join Patreon to be able to get it. We've got some ideas of what we want to do coming up as well. There's so many great things coming out this year, so who knows what we're gonna do. We are gonna plan on doing more episodes of that throughout the year. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. So you can check that out as well. And again, that's patreon.com slash trackfm. So Christy, I already mentioned, you know, that I hadn't been able to see this film in the theater. Um, and so was was Creed 2, did you rush out to the theater to
0: see it uh, when it first came out? Or is this the fir- your first go as well? This was my first go as well, actually. I, um, you know, obviously we covered Rocky 1 through 4 on the show previously. And um, after that, I was kind of hesitant whether or not I wanted to see if the Creed movies would hold up to Rocky one through four. And um, I'm, I'm also someone who sometimes has a difficulty with sequels and thinks that they don't really hold up very well. So I was reluctant to get into Creed initially. But I'm glad that we've started down that road now and that you and I both were new to it and uh, were able to finally see Creed one and Creed two. Yeah, I I'm with
1: you as well, you know, and it wasn't one of those things where I didn't enjoy the first movie. Mm-hmm. I, I saw the first Creed movie and thought, Oh, this is great. I really like this. I think this is a fantastic setup. You know, we talked about it obviously last week and it, it even held up, which yeah. was amazing. You know, like that's another thing you want to go back to films and if you rewatch them, you want them to be just as good as they were when you first saw them. And so this was just one of those where a lot was going on at the time. I just didn't get a ha- a chance to see it. And I've been meaning to see it for a long time, but there's so much content out there that you're trying to keep up with. Sometimes things just get lost, yeah. you know, um, especially with everything that comes out. It seems like every week there's a thousand new things coming out on streaming and it and it just gets cluttered. Um, so I'm actually really thankful that, you know, part three was coming out. I knew I was going to be, you know, getting ready to see that because I wanted to. And it gave us a great opportunity to to visit it here, which, you know, coming into this, I really didn't. I didn't know what the story was because I hadn't rewatched the trailers. So I really didn't have a ton going into this movie, which I really mm-hmm. like. But this movie puts us back in the USSR, kind of. I mean, because, you know, the USSR doesn't exist anymore, <laughs> but we're back in Russia. Mm-hmm. And um, this movie brings back Drago and his son. Um, and so, you know, we all remember Drago from Rocky IV. And so, I wanted to ask you because this is a i mean it's the linchpin for the entire film. It's what everything hinges on is is bringing this character back and his mm-hmm. son and and I wanted to know how that
0: worked for you
1: because it's a big risk, i think,
0: yeah, I mean, I think that it's it's a a big risk that ended up being worth it in my opinion because like we said of the previous movie, you have to have enough there to start from to make it an interesting reason to even have a sequel. And so I like that they're then tying these back to Rocky IV, um, for example, because you've got something to go on to actually justify having this movie in the first place. And, I mean when do we really get to see Dolph Lundgren that much in movies anymore? So that also excited me seeing him on the cover of the movie before I watched it on streaming, knowing that he was going to be in it. Um, You know, it feels like finally bringing back some of the people that were like the original greats, like they've kind of done with Cobra Kai, you know, they brought back William Zabka and they brought Mm -hmm. back um, the original um, dojo master. I can't, uh, oh my gosh, what's his name? Creel. I think. Anyway, yeah, so I, I was all for it. What about you?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is a, a very, I think, bold choice. Um, and, and part of that, I think, is is that what it does is that it very much cements this as part of the Rocky universe. Because this is a sequel, basically, to four. Yeah. Uh, Rocky IV, and all of the repercussions of what happened in that film. And I, I'd i say that that is, I don't, I, I'm really struggling with this because I don't know if it's the best choice that they could have hmm. made. Um, and I think the reason I say that is that I feel like the movie kind of falls into that camp of having to lean too heavily on the past instead of the future which we're creating with Creed, mm-hmm. which, you know, is is really interesting because, you know, part of this movie is about, you know, Rocky even tells Adonis about, you know, not to live in the past where he is, you know, to be creating the future. And yet this whole movie really hinges on the fact that, you know, if you hadn't seen Rocky Four. Uh, before this coming in, like if you're just a new fan who saw Creed, Mm -hmm. you know, and you hadn't seen the other one, you probably, I mean, you wouldn't necessarily be utterly confused, but you would definitely be scratching your head a little bit as to why this is so important, I think. I I think this means more, obviously, for all of the people who -hmm. had grown up with the Rocky series. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, now, I think it does make for an interesting story, but I I wanted to run this by you because um, I I think, you know, when I think of of bringing back Drago, the fact that he has his own son and everything, and they're going to clash head-to-head with Rocky and Adonis, you know, this movie, maybe this is weird, but it reminded me a lot of Iron Man 2. Hmm. Uh, When you go back, you have Ivan Venko, Uh, and that movie, whose you know father had previously worked for Howard Stark, uh, and then of course been fired, and it creates this animosity then between his son and Tony. Which, I mean, it's pretty much the same plot for the most part. I mean, you know, Drago is is has been living destitute since losing to Rocky. He's lost his wife, uh, and he's been raising this son and they, you know, they've they have nothing. They've lost everything. They've lost all respect um for uh, what happened in the past and they're trying to Find a way to rectify that and and so yeah, and it was really weird because it was like this movie and the themes uh, and the and the things that we got in in Iron Man Two felt very, very similar, which was mm-hmm. weird uh, and then and the last thing on that, which was really strange
2: was Like Iron Man two. I felt like
1: by relying so heavily on a a lot of things from the past and even just like themes from from the the first movie, this movie kind of felt a little bit uh similar in that respect to the first Creed and some of the thematic elements there and this it it's not a complete rehash like Iron Man mm-hmm. Two in the sense like everything's the same. But I this movie did have that Iron Man 2 flavor of, to me, feeling like it's not quite the step forward I was looking for as I came into this movie with the character of Creed and Rocky himself.
0: Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I guess I can kind of see that. I looked at it, Differently, because it felt that with the um basically the the birth of Creed's new daughter um that it was going in enough of a different direction for me that it feels like you know he's kind of breaking the cycle later by being a good father by making sure that he takes time off after his injury to get better and is not even sure if he's going to go back. Um, So I think that I forgive some of the things that maybe bothered me about the, um I would say not of Dolph Lundgren's performance, but of just the actor they chose to play his son. I think maybe that's where some of your discontent with it is coming from. I could be wrong, you tell me, but... um I think that he didn't necessarily stand up to the acting chops of the other three men.
1: You know, Chrissy, I like that you make that point because I think one of the things that the movie does a disservice is to his character because we end up having much more investment and, of course, Rocky and Drago himself, plus because of what Drago did to Apollo, we have that connection then to Adonis but they don't really give us anything other than his son, Drago's son, just kind of being this pawn in this game that his dad is mm-hmm. playing. Um, and I think that's something that's a little bit frustrating about the movie. And it, I, I wish that that wasn't the case because this movie kind of is about, in a lot of ways, the sins of the father. And, you know, with Drago being so stuck in the past and his hate for rocky and, and what it quote unquote did to him um he's passed that on to his son and he's using his son to try and find redemption yep and um and so that i mean that's just the first part of the thing but uh, you know I, I wish that his son himself had more character development, so that again he really does just feel like a pawn in this. And and there are little bits and pieces where, you know, his son kind of has a moment where he's like, "Why are we trying to impress these people who you know hated you, and you know all those kind of things?" And I, I I I wish we had had more of that because I think it makes his son more interesting than just kind of like this character who's being used by his dad. And that actually kind of just bothered me, I think, about the film, because, like, yeah, again, it's it's more about the past than it is about the present or even the future.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I would say I I kind of assumed, because of the way that they handled his character so poorly, that he was kind of dumb, honestly, and that he was just, uh, you know, the <laughs> typical, like... Um, guy that just does what he's told and is a an uber athlete but other than that doesn't really have a an opinion on anything and that's kind of sad because he should and like you said he's he's mm-hmm. being played here as a pawn in someone else's games than um instead being able to make his own decisions or have any kind of input other than you know that brief conversation it's like they just make him out to be this guy that has a completely empty head otherwise. And um, the only other emotion you see is when his mom does reappear for a brief scene here and there. He's obviously upset about it. But that's all you get. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. And and they, I mean, they alluded to the fact that she wasn't around. She, he doesn't know her. Um You know, that those type of things. But I I just think it's it it is just a really interesting um, thing where we don't really invest in him. And and I think, you know, on the on the flip side, what's interesting about, you know, the sins of the father thing is I think it's it's we we dealt with this in the first movie. And this is where I I get again, this kind of Iron Man 2 flavor is where. You know, Donis is struggling with the same thing his father did, which is this hubris and and this pride, mm-hmm. right? And he can't kind of let it go when he's being challenged. And and like his dad, you know, this is a, a situation in which his pride is going to lead to a fall. And you know, and you know, of course, the fall could be the same thing that befell his dad, which is. He's going to leave his, you know, newborn daughter, or at that point, his to-be-born daughter, uh, with no Mm -hmm. father, just like he was left. And, you know, I think that's not an uninteresting theme to to be developed here in the film. I I just, it it also felt like a theme that we had already kind of dealt with, at least in the first Mm -hmm. movie, uh, which, and... So I I guess I, I would have wished a little bit in this movie that we had found something just slightly different to kind of focus on with the character of Adonis. So it felt like, yeah, he, he had been able to learn that lesson and now we can move on to something else. Mm-hmm. Look, I know in real life, many times we have to learn the same lesson over and over <clears> and over <throat> again, you know, hundreds of times sometimes. But, you know, when it comes to
0: storytelling that's not quite as interesting right <laughs> yeah i will say the only thing that did make it better for me was that he does take that time before the fight with drago's son the second time to really think about whether he wanted to continue sure. on yep. and yep. gets to yep. take his newborn daughter to the ring to watch him practice i thought it was right. cool and do the things that he realized he always wanted to do with his father and never got to. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I I agree with you because that's that's kind of um uh, something that we we see about this is you know he has this he has a new family yeah you know and uh when he you know hears that Bianca is pregnant. Um, He is risking everything. Um, And I I also loved, you know, the part of them having this family that, you know, they're not necessarily ready to have a a child, but they they get themselves ready, which I think is really beautiful uh, because she's a surprise Mm -hmm. that she's on the way. Um, And I also I I thought it was really um, beautiful that. they have to deal with the reality that what Bianca has could be genetic and of course we do find that it has been passed down to their daughter who um, is mm-hmm. deaf um, and they, they have to, to to deal with that reality which I think is a really beautiful part of the movie of of Adonis having to step up And face the fights of life that aren't about what's in the ring. Yeah, and to me, that was actually a really beautiful thing because you know we all have those. I mean, most of us aren't boxers, you know, and so uh, and and yet we we all have these um, these bouts in life that we have to struggle with. And one of the biggest that they end up having is, of course, having to deal with the fact that you know, with this new family, their, their daughter is, is deaf, Mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, for for both of them, such a difficult road that they know that they're going to have to be on and, and how, you know, and, and even like just mourning the loss of, of the thing that she's never going to know that she doesn't have. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, which I think is, is actually, uh, you know, every parent does that when they find out that, That there's something like that that's, you know, happened with their child or is, you know, born Mm -hmm. like
0: that. So, yeah, I feel like that was the most relatable piece of that is that obviously every parent would want their child to have everything. And so I'm sure that parents going through something like that have to grieve initially because. Right. You just want them to have everything and more and for them to be missing Mm -hmm. out on something that you feel like is so essential to life is really hard. Sure. So I totally get that. But I love Rocky's response because it's like such a logical thing, but you don't necessarily think of it in the moment. And that was him saying, she's not in there feeling sorry for herself. So why are you feeling sorry for your daughter? Mm -hmm. She doesn't know any different. Yeah. Right. And so she's not going to remember that she used to be able to hear and then became deaf, which I think might possibly be even harder. It's just this is who Mm -hmm. she is. So that meant a lot to me and that, you know, he's saying you should love Mm -hmm. her exactly the same.
1: Well, and I thought that the other really beautiful thing about that as well was, you know, we see at the end and and one of the things that um, is so beautiful about the world in which we live is there are so many opportunities for uh, people to receive help uh, Mm. in hearing loss and and the fact that she has um, these new uh, hearing aids on. You know, and so she is not going to be completely deaf. It looks like, by what they show at the end of the movie, which is is beautiful. And and so, you know, um, but yeah, being there for your family, uh, no matter what happens, um, and and just supporting them and loving them is is really the most important thing. And you know, it's mm-hmm. definitely one of the the things that we absolutely learn. I think. Through this movie, that's that's what's important, um, and uh, you know, I I really liked that, um, and I was interested because you know Rocky's lessons for Adonis in this movie are so interesting, um, and and I, I I enjoyed watching the struggle that Rocky has on trying to teach Creed. what it means to be a good man and not just a good fighter Mm -hmm. Um, and how difficult that is because obviously, you know, this is like his son um, in so many ways and yet sometimes you have to teach people hard lessons. Uh, and part of that means you you can't support the decisions that they make as an adult. And um, I I I loved the struggle here. Uh, and I, I you know obviously it plays so well for everything that happened with um, in the past and what you know Rocky has tr- been trying to teach Adonis here in the
0: present for his future. Yeah, this was one of the biggest themes of the whole movie, and I love that they've brought that back even from the last film, that they have this father-son relationship and that Rocky needed to be in his corner to share his secrets not only as a good fighter and of having beaten Drago before, but also as someone who's older and wiser in life and is able to say these are the things that I wish I had spent more time on, like my family. And I wish that I had thrown in the towel with your dad because I had the chance to try and protect him. He may not have listened, but (laughs) I should have tried. And so, you know, I Mm -hmm. I, I love those moments that he and Donnie get together. And the back and forth where you can see that he realizes he wanted to, Needed to go and visit Donnie in the hospital, but he also said I don't want to stay if me staying is making him worse Because he could tell that Donnie was still really emotional about things Um, and by the same token, I love that it was Donnie's mother that asked Rocky to come out there Donnie hadn't forgiven Rocky yet and yet She decides to ask him to come anyway because she's like Donnie needs you you know, you're the, the father figure in his life at this point. And I love that she's really also showing Donnie as well, the things that she wished Apollo had valued more.
2: Hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a really good mm-hmm. point. And, you know, I, I think that's obviously one of the things that uh, Rocky is trying to teach Adonis as well, which is you know there are more important things in life to be fighting yeah. for, and and you have to be doing this for the right reasons.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know you 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 can't be doing this and and we learn. Uh, I think this is this is really interesting. You know we learn is that Adonis is doing he, he fought the first time out of fear you know, not because for love of the game, you know, uh, for for love of what he does, which, you know, is fighting and boxing. Um, that's his livelihood, the thing that he has loved before, and this became more about fear and pride and, and protection of his, his image, as if any of those things are important. And then really, you know, choosing then against, everything that people around him were telling him to do Um, and so therefore not having those people in his corner Mm -hmm. right you know Adonis doesn't end up having really his mom in his corner he doesn't truly have his wife in his corner um, you know
2: or Mm -hmm. Rocky
1: and it's not until he gets to this point of you know being completely bloodied and broken that he has to come to the realization of what really matters and what's really important and why, why it's okay for that second fight to happen whereas that first fight it wasn't, mm-hmm. you know. And that reason is is because he's doing it for his family. He's doing it for um, himself in a positive way instead of a negative way. He's not doing it out of fear, um, and, and I think it, there's just a, there's just a lot of really important lessons, um, that go along with this. And it's just really great to, to be able to see, uh, that, um, I just, uh, you know, again, who's in your corner and, you know, if you're, if your friends or your family or parents or whatever, your spouse, significant other, they're not in your corner or, or they're questioning your, what you're doing. Maybe it's a, that it's a good opportunity to stop and say, hmm, maybe should I mm-hmm. do this? Is this the right course of action?
0: Well, and it's sort of like the old saying. I don't know where it came from, but like if you are fighting out of anger that you could end up making stupid mistakes because right. you're just going in blind swinging and not really paying attention. And I feel like that's exactly what happened right. with um, Donnie in the first fight. He was going in with fear and anger and pride and just came out swinging and wasn't ready for what hit him. And, you know, like didn't and like you said, didn't have anyone in his corner because he also didn't ask Mm -hmm. if they thought he should do it. He just said, I have to do it. Right. So I love that they had that piece in of his wife even saying, well, you're going to do it regardless. You didn't ask me. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I 100% agree with you because, too, you know, you think about Rocky telling him before the first fight, you know, this this guy has nothing to lose mm-hmm. and he's he's just filled with hate. And so he's he's willing to do whatever it takes to win. Um, And, you know, at that point, Adonis, because he's fighting with fear, he's only fighting to not try and lose. You know, he's not he's not on the other side willing to do what it takes to Mm -hmm. win. He's just trying not to lose. And there's a big difference there, you know, with your motivations. And so, you know, I, I, I really appreciate that. Again, this is one of the things I think the movie does really well is just talking about these issues and it is such an important thing in life. And, um, so I, I really like, um, how it, you know, it all ties together. Um, and so, we we talked a little bit, and this is just something I wanted to to ask you. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, with the fact that we're using so much of the past in this film and, you know, the fact that, you know, this, this is written by Stallone and you can tell because I think there's a lot of Rocky in this movie and a lot of the story revolves around him. Uh, with this being a Creed movie... Do you think there's too much Rocky?
0: Mm, Maybe a little. Um, Because I didn't feel that way about the last movie. So I'm trying to compare in my head and think about it. But yeah, I mean, I guess because of the bringing back of Drago, it's like although it applies to Donnie because it was his father and that's how he died was against Drago, it still feels that this is more about Rocky as a whole because it's Drago bringing his son to fight Rocky's son, basically. It still ends up being mostly about Drago and Rocky, even though the people fighting are not them. So, yeah, I would say that. Maybe a little too much.
1: Yeah, I... Yeah. that I just... I, I felt like that um, as well, and I, I just didn't know if you did too because it, you, it was... And this is where I think some of my reservations for them really doing a sequel basically to Rocky Four, kind of come into play where it, it does feel like I felt like the first movie was the the perfect way to utilize the past to create the mm-hmm. future. And this one just felt a little bit too much like we were dipping into the nostalgia well to help us create the story here but not actually building the character that we're supposed to be building in a way that you would want and again I keep referencing it but you know with Iron Man 2 a lot of that movie kind of just redoes a lot of the same themes and a lot of the same lessons that Tony had to learn in the first movie so you kind of feel like a little bit stagnant Mm -hmm. with the character and I think this movie because there's so much Rocky and because this ties in so much to that past it makes me feel like the character of Creed even though there are lots of things that he ends up learning he feels slightly stagnant as a character Mm -hmm. and also it feels so similar to a lot of the things we've already seen in the Rocky films with the lessons Rocky himself has had to learn. And so it it just doesn't have that sense of freshness, I think, that the first movie did. And I think maybe that's the thing that uh, kind of comes off as, okay, this is good, but I'm not sure that it really lives up to what we had created in that first Creed mm-hmm. film.
0: Yeah. And I mean, for me, it's a little bit better than that just because of the things that we said about um, Bianca being more involved and this really being about getting to correct the sins of the father through Creed. Um, I think that he gets to do some things that we didn't explore at all, obviously, in the other movie. Um, But, you know, I do agree that there are some things here that are so similar to the other movies, and like you said, rightly so, that if you were completely new to the Creed movies and hadn't seen the Rocky movies, would you really understand what's going on?
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I, I, I'm, and I, I, I get, and I think it's great too. You know that uh, for you, it it works a little bit, you know, better. Um, I, I think, um, it is just an interesting thing and it's always a difficult thing. I think a lot of times when you do come into a series like this and you've got such a long running series Mm -hmm. and, you know, you're trying to do a good job of tying things together and, you know, making things, you know, feel connected and all that. And, and, and sometimes it can work really, really well, like in that first movie. And then sometimes here you're just kind of left thinking to yourself, oh, maybe that's too much, you know, mm-hmm. and that there really is, a, you know, it's a very fine line to walk when you're doing these kind of things. I mean, obviously, you know, Star Wars itself is a great example of that as well. You know, we talked about, I think, last time with, uh, you know, the, the sequel trilogy Force Awakens and, and and the way they dealt with things and the way that that movie dealt with the past. And so what did you think about the fact that we got the reconnection at the end with Rocky and his own estranged son and kind of bringing that relationship back uh, to where uh, it should be or at least looking like it's setting it on a path for that.
0: I loved that because I actually had not seen Rocky Balboa so I didn't know that um, Milo Ventimiglia was going to be playing his son and I love Mm -hmm. him as an actor and then um, getting... um, that moment for Rocky to finally meet his grandson, especially when he admits to Donnie that he wasn't there the day his grandson was born. I think it just says so much about how Rocky finally let go of all of that hesitation of not being good enough or not being able to be forgiven and tried anyway. I thought that that was beautiful and that it's him backing up what he said to Donnie about trying to be the best man you can be and be a good father. He needed to do this with his son. And it wasn't that his son didn't want him in his life. So I I thought you kind of needed that. And that it also, like I said, gives credence Mm -hmm. to all the stuff he said to Donnie.
1: Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you on that. And I think you know, one of the most interesting parts is that what we see, you know, Ad- Adonis is at the beginning of the movie fearful, and that's one of the biggest reasons for why he takes the fight, and Rocky is fearful, and that's one of the biggest things that keeps him away from his son, mm-hmm. and, you know, because they didn't have the easiest relationship with one another, and, you know, of course... um, Adrian had died and and it put a rift between them that he wasn't willing to take the risk to close. you know, um, when we talk about that idea of you know, there being more important things in life, um, Rocky had been neglecting the most important thing, which is family. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that uh, you know, like you said, all of the things that he had told Adonis the whole time, uh, he kind of starts to take his own advice and to actually work to repair his own relationship with his own son because that's really important. Mm-hmm. And he, Rocky, knowing he doesn't know how much time he has left. You know, he's had cancer. He's had a battle through that. You know, I think that's really interesting. Um, And I, I think it, you know, there is a, if Rocky hadn't done that, I, I think the falseness would have rung in the film as well, which is, you know, there is this huge fatherhood element between Rocky and Donnie. And why is he willing to be a good father figure for Donnie and not for his own son. Yeah. Just because his son didn't choose the same life that he did. Right. That, you know, um and that that that's um I I think that's something that w- it's one of those major imperfections with the character of Rocky and you know I I think that's something that probably a lot of parents can attest to. Well, right? You know, there are probably plenty of parents out there, my guess is, is that, you know, they had a desire for their child to turn out a certain way, and when they didn't go down that road, um, they find themselves estranged because they're not necessarily really willing to accept who their kid mm-hmm. is, um, you know, and uh, I-, I appreciate that Rocky here is able to rectify at least work to and, and, and get on... Get on the path of reconciliation Mm -hmm. with his son.
0: Well, and especially after seeing the way that not having that affected Donnie, I think also was the catalyst that made him say, I really need to go and fix this while I'm still here. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, no, we're totally on the same page.
1: (laughs) Well, and then on the other, on on the flip side of that, I think, you know, Rocky also saw firsthand what happened with Drago and his son. Yeah. You know, Drago at the end is able to let go of his own pride to save his son. Yeah. And to put his son before his own desires. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in this way, I think it is a really powerful film with just about fathers and sons specifically and the difficulty that can be there. When it comes to you know expectations and all of those kind of things, and so that that storyline, you know, also helps play into does does Rocky basically want to be Drago, who only wanted a son one way and and would wouldn't have accepted him if I mean would Drago have accepted his son if if he hadn't been able to turn him into a fighter?
0: Right, I don't know. I don't think so originally. Yeah. Maybe he changed his mind.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, and of course, it also feels like he, his son never even had a chance, uh, you know, to have any other um, choice, you know, like because Drago never really gave him one. Um, And when you kind of, when you raise a child in that, environment of you know hate and rage it's it's not surprising mm-hmm. uh that, that that's how we end up with the film and so um i wanted to ask you we talked a little bit about this in, in the first movie of course and you know um this movie has um the score by ludwig Göransson again and of course we've got some other uh choice R&B or rap music as well here on the album. So anything stand out to you at all uh, here in the music? Since, of course, again, music is such a big deal in the Rocky films.
0: Actually, there were two things that stood out to me this time. I will say overall, I felt that it was a little better than the score for the first film, uh, more recognizable mm-hmm. and, Stood out a little more, but especially when they actually play a bit of Rocky's theme when Donnie is in the ring the second time with Drago, with Drago's Mm -hmm. son um, was great. It really pumped me up for the moment. Um, And I love that they then included Donnie's wife in his entrance and said, well, she's a musician. She could do his entrance music.
2: Yeah. Because it made yeah. it
0: feel even more that, like, she's supporting this now. And that it was actually sung yes. by Tessa Thompson. So, yep. yeah, I, I definitely liked that song as well. Um, it's called I Will Go to War. Yeah. I thought it was really good. So those two moments to me were great and were a big step in the right direction above the score from the first movie.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I thought that visual image... And then, of course, the the auditory uh, embellishment of having her be there—you yeah. know, it it does everything for the theme that this is this is a family conquering together, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, that she brings him in, she sings this song, the words of the song, and 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 how they you know talk about you know going to war together and and all these kind of things. Like, I just thought it was great. I think that really worked, and and I agree with you. I felt like, um, you know, again the. The score still is not, um, you know, the, the iconic nature of all of the other Rocky scores. But I did really enjoy um, the the reference to the Rocky theme song. Almost in some ways it felt like being passed on mm-hmm. to Creed that he had earned that mantle because he had done that thing that Rocky had been able to do. He had gone to Russia and and he had been able to take out this fighter that nobody thought he would be able to. Yeah. And, you know, in much the same way that Rocky had to, which is he had to learn to endure
0: punishment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I thought that was, that was really good. Oh, um, there was one side note thing that I wanted to ask you about because I definitely noticed this moment and it made me laugh out loud. It was so funny. I love, or, or did you love the moment when um, he's, donnie's injured and he's talking to rocky in the trophy room and he tries to like throw some shade at rocky and rocky says well uh, i wouldn't throw too much seeing as i actually beat the guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was like great. you're not gonna top me no, kid I, I... <laughs> yes
1: well and and i mean i think you're absolutely right you know um That was just a great moment where they were able to reconcile their relationship together and, Mm -hmm. you know, and and then move forward and get themselves on the same page. And I think that's an important lesson to be able to be humble enough to be reminded of something like that and take it in the spirit in which Rocky gives you, you know, which is, yeah, you you do still have things that you can learn from Mm -hmm. Right. You know, you, you, and, and so, um, and one of the big lessons I think of the film turns into being, you're never too old to learn something. Yeah. You know, you're, you're never, you're never, um, so good at something you can't learn something Mm new, uh, and a different way of doing things. Um, and a lot of times, you know, the greatest uh, people out there are the ones who work to try and figure out things on a, in a different way. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I think that's, that's fantastic. Well, I'm really interested, Christy, because I mean, this has been kind of a up and down conversation with the film about things we liked things we maybe, you know, didn't. And so I'm fascinated to see where that leaves you with your ratings for Creed two.
0: So I will say overall, I really enjoyed this movie and this was my first viewing as well. And I think there were a few areas where they could still have improved some. So it wasn't quite the level I felt of the first movie. I end up giving it a three and a half out of five Golden Gloves because it still has a lot there. And especially like we both said, the music gets better. Um, and there's some, some big lessons, but there's a couple of also big things that could have been updated to play better, pulling back a little bit on the story being so much about Rocky or maybe giving some more information for the first time viewer of the Creed movies. Um, to really understand what's going on and why this fight is even a thing so that they wouldn't have had to see Rocky Four to know. Something like that, you know, so to make it make more sense to the average person and then also to give Drago's son something more to do, I think would have done a lot for it.
1: It's interesting that with this series so far, we have been completely in sync <laughs> uh, with the ratings. And I'm right there with you. It's a three and a half. I think this is a good movie. It's better than average. Uh, I think I enjoyed watching it, you know, and yet there is still something about it to which it just doesn't transcend that level uh, that the first one does. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm I'm really interested because, you know, I know going into the, the third film, uh, Rocky's not in the movie, and this movie kind of fully is charting a course for Creed being his own man now. And so we've had these first two films where, you know, Creed has been able to lean on Rocky in a really good way uh, and the way that all of us need to lean on mentors. Um, And this, this next film, we're going to take the step of, of having him have to be able to, it looks like kind of stand on his own. So fascinated to see that. Um, this is still a good movie. I still really enjoyed watching it, and I'm excited to see part three. But what I'm also really excited about, Christy, is to see what you're going to recommend to everybody this week.
0: So uh, obviously, you know, I'm a geek, but you can be a geek about other things as well. And something I'm a super geek about is organizing things. Don't know if you knew that about me, but uh, it drives me crazy when things are out of order. And not color coded. So something I really enjoyed watching for the first time was actually the home edit on Netflix. Um, it's actually a um, small business that started with two women that became friends and both had a passion for um, reorganizing their homes. And that's Clea and Joanna. And they also now have launched this show, this collection with Target, all of this stuff to help people basically live a more satisfying life and feel that your your home is makes sense the way that it's laid out and organized. Um, So I really recommend checking out the home edit. And especially if you feel like you need like a closet cleanse or a kitchen reorganizing. uh, It's really, you know, hashtag satisfying.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, I love a uh, good organized place as yeah. well, so I I'm very that's mm-hmm. really cool. Um, I am going to recommend something. Uh, my wife and I just uh, started watching on Apple TV Plus. Uh, there's a brand new show there uh, by the creator of Scrubs uh, as well as Ted Lasso called Shrinking. Uh, it's a show with. Uh, Jason Segel, and uh, it's also got Harrison Ford in the show as well. Uh, and he plays a shrink who has lost his wife and is struggling to deal with that as well as, you know, raise his teenage daughter and still do his job as a shrink. And uh, we watched the first two of episodes and really enjoyed it. So I definitely recommend, especially, you know, if you liked, Ted Lasso and the way in which that show is really able to kind of make you feel good um, at, while at the same time not shying away from life, uh, I think it's, it's fantastic. So I think everybody should check out Shrinking on Apple TV+. Plus. But Christy, where would everybody catch up with you if they wanted to see what else you've got going on?
0: Well, I don't know if you've heard, but I am now officially on Letterboxd. i mean, I make sure I include that every time. Yes. Yeah, Matt convinced me. He was like, today's the day. Do the thing. So I did. I'm on Letterboxd, Instagram and Twitter at Bespin Bell, of course. And you can find me in the Babel Conference as well on Facebook. And i Make sure you become a Patreon supporter so that you can listen to the VIP room and all the future Patreon-only episodes we have coming out. And then, of course, uh, like I mentioned last time, I am restarting Sabers and Spells with Amanda and Teresa over on the Skywalking Through Neverland network. So uh, stay tuned for our first new episode coming out soon. Very nice. Uh, and you can also find me all over social media under the name Matt Rushing
1: 2 so Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, Vero. Uh, you can also, of course, find me here uh, in the 602 Club with Snyder Cuts, as well as assembling Avengers. John and I should have a new assembling Avengers coming out very soon. Uh, you can also find me doing Warp 5 about Star Trek Enterprise. You can also find me doing Literary Treks about the books and the comics of Star Trek. The Orb about Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Saddle Up about Star Trek Strange New Worlds and Artificial Tango is coming right around the corner with Star Trek Picard Season 3 as that show looks to wrap up. And Then you can find me over on the Nerd Party Network with two shows. One is called Owl Post. Did that with Dre Kaufman. We talked about every single chapter of the Harry Potter series one chapter at a time. And then last but not least the great John Mills and I are talking about Star Wars over on Aggressive Negotiations, a Star Wars podcast so I hope you'll check that out. But thank you so much for joining
2: us Living in America